0: This is episode number 261 of the To Birth and Beyond podcast. We're so excited to have you with us on this episode of To Birth and Beyond. I'm Jessie Mundell, mom, kinesiologist, and fitness coach to pregnant and current moms.
1: And I'm Anita Lambert, mom, pelvic health and orthopedic physiotherapist with a focus on women's health. On the show, we provide information and education on fitness, the pelvic floor, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and women's health. We offer a brave space to have candid and vulnerable conversations on the struggles and joys of motherhood, including all aspects of our physical, mental, and emotional health.
0: While you're listening in, please remember that the information on the show is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your health care.
1: We're so excited to have you. Let's dive into today's show.
0: Hey, friends, it's Jesse jumping in here to quickly let you know that our Black Friday through Cyber Monday is on now. And you can save 50% off all of our DIY exercise, pelvic floor, and core training programs for pregnancy, postpartum, and parents. So you can save 50% on our Core Plus Floor Restore program, our Too Strong and Beyond program, and also our Ready, Get, Set training plan. Core Plus Floor Restore is our signature eight-week recovery program for postpartum folks who want to re-strengthen the entire body, but specifically send some extra attention to the abdominals core and pelvic floor. So if you are early postpartum within the first few weeks, postpartum to many years later, this plan is absolutely appropriate for you. If you're dealing with any core or pelvic floor symptoms like leaking, prolapse, tension, pain in the low back or pelvis, this is an excellent, really gentle way of tending to your body. Too Strong and Beyond is a 12-week structured strength training plan so if you're looking for more of a workout plan that you can do from home or the gym and you are in any stage of pregnancy six plus weeks postpartum or many many years post-birth this plan will help you to build full body core and pelvic floor strength and then lastly ready get set is our 12-week return to postpartum run training plan. So specifically for postpartum people who are looking to return to running, sprinting, or interval-based training, this is a plan that's going to set you up for success with a foundation of building strength over four weeks and then getting into the eight-week training plan hop over to the link in the show notes today. You can grab one, two, or all three of those programs, all 50% off. And I can't wait to see what you get into and hear about your results and your experience through these training programs. Hey friends, welcome on to another episode of To Birth and Beyond. It's Jessie Mundell.
1: And Anita Lambert. And today we wanted to dive deeper into the physical recovery after having a cesarean birth. And we we have done an episode about this specifically quite a while ago, a few years ago. Um, and so we thought it'd be good to do another one again, a little bit more updated and really just fo- focusing on the physical part. So we were talking about before we hit record, we're going to do one about the mental and emotional recovery, because that is definitely a component to post-birth recovery, regardless of vaginal or cesarean. But today we're going to focus on the physical recovery. So for those who are new to the podcast, you may or may not know. So I've had two vaginal births and Jess has had two cesarean births. So it's kind of nice from a personal point we can share, but also both of us support a number of clients who've had cesarean births too. So we'll be able to share a bit from different aspects of it. So even Jess, do you want to kind of start off now that you're youngest, like Theo is four now, right? So yes. anything now that it's been further out since the the other episodes we've done, anything about that physical recovery that you'd want to share about that maybe we haven't talked about, or maybe more of the key points that you feel people really need to know?
0: Yeah, it's so interesting because I'm thinking back to when we probably first recorded an episode on post-caesarean recovery, and I was probably recovering from a C-section at Mm -hmm. that point. Thinking about all the episodes we recorded with little babies on our bodies. Mm -hmm. Gosh, it's so wild to think back on. Yeah. So four plus years, almost four and a half years since my last C-section. My first C-section was seven plus years ago. And they were extremely different births. And if you have been a longtime listener and you know those stories, you know that the first pregnancy, the first birth was a planned home birth turned unplanned C-section. And then the second birth was a scheduled planned C-section. And Of course, the, the vibes and the energies of those births were very different as is because I had differing expectations and mindset going into them. And then of course, resulting from that, the experience of recovery was so different. And so many clients that I work with, and I'm sure it's similar for you, Anita, recovering from a first C-section where you, everything is new, postpartum, regardless is new, but to feel that sensation in your body of recovering from this major abdominal surgery can be really jarring and alarming. So going into it the second time, just knowing and remembering some of those sensations is different as it is. And we'll talk more through that in the mental and emotional recovery, because I think that is so key. But for me, Going into that second C section, knowing some of those physical sensations that I might be feeling, and then actually going on to experience, just it was actually so comforting on some level because it didn't feel so, again, alarming, scary. I wasn't as anxious about those physical sensations because I knew it was coming. I knew how to support myself through it. And I also knew that I would move through it and those sensations would fade. So I think the wildest thing about C-sections, especially for the planned C-section, the four and a half years ago one, the second one, was walking myself into the operating room, like on my own two legs, walking my very pregnant self in there, and then not being able to walk 30 minutes later. It's just so weird not being pregnant any longer, just having had a major surgery and now going into such an intense recovery period. It's just such a wild trip for your brain, but also your body too, to experience such vast change in such a short period of time. So that's just weird as it is. The second really jarring thing about recovering from a C-section and in those early hours and days is how difficult it is to do truly anything. So to sit up from a lying down position, to stand up and feel like you can't stand up fully, to actually elevate your chest. It feels like you're in this hunched over, kind of flexed forward position to take those first few steps, to walk to the bathroom, to need to maybe walk a lap around the hospital floor before you are able to go home. Those sensations in your body can just be really weird right off the bat.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think it's great to have you explain it for people to hear Cause I really hope those who are pregnant, I know you may be planning a vaginal birth, but why we do episodes like this is so that you can have more preparation for that possibility of an unplanned cesarean being part of your birth experience. So similar to kind of Jess's first experience, it's like we want people to have more information ahead of time. Because I notice that with my clients, that can really help. Um, and so I just find it's like whatever you can hear ahead from Jess's experience um, can actually help you ahead of time. And we'll be talking a bit more about that postpartum support. Um, I do find too, I see a lot of clients as a pelvic physio, post-caesarean, sometimes planned or unplanned. And a lot of it too, I think people are surprised with the lack of information they're given about what to do for their physical recovery. It's kind of like you leave the hospital, here's your pain meds, here's your baby. We will see you at your next appointment kind of thing. And people are like, that's it? I'm not like, other than keep my incision part clean, like there's really not a lot of information. So that's why I hope people really take, you know, everything we, we talk about today. So then you can come back to it. If you do have a cesarean or those might be listening who are in that early cesarean recovery period and are feeling like they weren't given this information. So I know one of the things you brought up and I've always kept it in mind. And I always share with clients too, is staying on top of your pain meds. Because sometimes initially you can feel because of the anesthesia that's in your body initially, like you might be like, I feel fine. And then as that wears off and things kick in and then the intensity of what you're feeling can come on. So I remember you were saying that after your first, that you were like, that was a big piece of advice is like stay ahead of it um, in terms of the pain meds.
0: Yeah. My midwives were so clear on that too just continue on that optimal dosing of the pain medication, whatever you're taking. And I know some people can feel really nervous about the pain medication as well. But for me, I did extra strength Tylenol and Advil. I didn't take anything beyond that because for me, that actually was enough to to manage the pain. But I know some people will need more than that. And that's absolutely fine and necessary and please do it. So again, my midwives were so clear that we want to stay on top of that regular dosing, at least for the first few days, the first week, because again, your body is going through so much recovery during that time period. What just occurred to your body was a lot and there is going to be pain and to varying degrees, depending on the person, but we don't want to let that dosing get too far spread out because that pain could potentially ramp up quite quickly. And then that can be a difficult physical experience, but also mentally and emotionally on that postpartum person, too. And just also considering the demands of postpartum. If you are coming home with a baby, if there are other children at home, the physicality of postpartum, even with the cesarean recovery will be there too. As much as you're not supposed to be doing the things like lifting the baby or carrying or holding the baby too much, that stuff is going to be the reality for most people. So just also considering that do what you need to take care of yourself from that pain perspective based on how you actually need to live your real life too.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think that goes nicely into, we want to talk about some of those activities that you're going to need to do every day. And we're going to talk about some tips around to make those more comfortable post-cesarean. But one of the things is like planning ahead for support. So regardless if you're planning a vaginal cesarean birth, and then I always go through with clients, like especially post-cesarean, you're going to want more physical support. So getting in and out of bed, getting up from sitting, as Jess talked about, so many things around that, we don't realize how much that will be challenging initially. So even before you give birth, plan for as much support as possible. And if you don't need it, that's one thing. But if you get to postpartum and realize, okay, I actually needed more than I had planned for, it's helpful to to think about it ahead. You know, is your partner going to be off work for a period of time, family, friends, potentially a postpartum doula to look into for that support for you and for baby as well. Now, in terms of some movements that can be uncomfortable, so coughing and sneezing, sometimes we think of more, okay, maybe pelvic floor pressure, maybe leaking with that, But when it comes to post-cesarean, what you can feel as well is pain around the incision because there's that extra pressure in the abdomen. So I know some tips that have been helpful is whether using your hands and applying pressure on the outside of the scar, even like over leggings or whatever you're wearing, um, or take a pillow and apply pressure to the pillow over the scar. Those things can be helpful to lessen that intensity of that discomfort. What did you find Jess after both with that?
0: Yeah, that is, and especially if you're listening to this in real time, I mean, we know the respiratory illness right now is absolutely wild. So just know that, yes, give some support to that outside of the belly to where the scar is. That pillow trick is so smart. Keep one handy especially if you are sick right now or have kids that are also sick. The other thing to know is that the stitches, the sutures, the staples, however your scar was closed, just know that that is strong. You're going to be okay if you do cough or sneeze. I know people can feel really nervous that that's going to burst open. And that's a very scary thought to have know that it is strong, know that with that external pressure, you are more than absolutely likely going to be okay. It's going to stay closed. You're going to be able to support that internally and externally. But yeah, I think that's such a good tip with that external support.
1: Uh, and then another, another movement, again, we often take for granted in pregnancy This can be a challenge too. So usually say probably the strategies you're using at the end of pregnancy, you'll probably still want to use postpartum and that is getting in and out of bed. So especially if you have more of a higher bed, you may want to have a footstool to then step up up onto, to then get into bed. Because we don't think about it, but if your bed is high and you're facing away from it and trying to scoot yourself up onto bed, lengthening up and back is a lot of abdominal work. And so again, around the abdomen and the scar, that might not be the most comfortable. So anything to either lower, some people will lower their bed or use a footstool to get up. Or I know in Jess's situation with baby number two, because you knew it was going to be a planned cesarean, you went the route of renting a hospital bed, which I thought was really neat. And we totally understand that's not always accessible for people, but it's more around the idea of, you're going to be in and out of bed quite a bit initially, or wanting to be in bed, but at some point you're going to need to get out. So those things in mind, even turning in bed. So there's a technique I'll often teach where you're more pressing through your feet to use your glutes to turn versus using your abdomen, which again can feel a lot better that way. How did you find with steel? Cause you didn't have the hospital bed. How did you find the getting in and out of bed situation?
0: Yeah. I, I'll be honest. And I'm honest with all my clients about this. It was misery. It was absolutely the worst part of that cesarean birth recovery. And I know that a lot of people feel similarly is the getting in and out of bed situation, turning over, especially when it's a thing that you will be required to do multiple times per day, multiple times per night with baby feeding, etc. It honestly sucks. So if there are ways that you can make it more comfortable, do it. And so funny, looking back on renting that hospital bed, it seems so extra now when I say it out loud, but it was 100% the absolute best move for me. Check in with your insurance if you do have health insurance, because they might cover that cost. People delivered it, the company delivered it, to our home, set it up, came back, took it away. It was glorious. It absolutely saved me in so many ways. I know a lot of people also will sleep in like a reclining lazy boy Mm -hmm. type chair situation, and that can be really much more comfortable for them. Mm -hmm. If it's just in your regular bed, and that's what you have available to you, Mm -hmm. see if you can prop up on as many pillows Mm -hmm. as you're able that will stay sturdy and hold you in more of a sturdy position, not a really slumped down position. So you'll probably want to be on a bit of an incline with the upper body Mm -hmm. when you are in bed, especially probably throughout that whole first week into the second week, you might be able to get into more of a decline or lying flat, but just Mm -hmm. don't be alarmed if lying flat on your back takes Multiple weeks to feel like you can comfortably mm-hmm. do that to feel a comfortable sensation or stretch on the whole abdominal wall,
1: yeah. And I love that you brought up, like the option with the pillows. Like I know we're on a podcast you can't see, but I always have an elevated angled pillow here um, for pregnant clients and those you can find online at various angles. So even getting an angled pillow might be helpful. um. To have ahead of time, or potentially getting it after you give birth and that you're home. Um, Another thing is getting up out of sitting. Again, we kind of take for granted getting up. I know in pregnancy, you may be listening, be like, I do not take for that for granted because it can be challenging in pregnancy too near the end, especially. Um, But again, we don't realize how much we use our abdomen to do that. So it will be challenging to hold the baby and do that at the same time. So that's why it's helpful having someone there, whether you can pass the baby off to so that you can get up and how just talked about the recliner. I do find recliners can be helpful if they're more electronic, like if you're having the um, manual side of it, that can be really challenging. So that idea that you're going to want to, you're going to need time to be able to sit up yourself. And then either I know some people like to uh, brace the scar. As you're getting up, use your exhale as you get up, or some people like to put the hands on their side and use their arm strength to push up. So different ways that you can get up out of sitting that it's not so much your abdomen doing it.
0: Yeah. And that's a great point of if you are alone with baby feeding baby, whatever the situation might be, you're sitting in a chair. Just make sure you have a safe place where you can place the baby down before you go to sit up. Because like you're saying, Anita, holding the baby and sitting up at the same time is not going to be an option for the majority of people. You'll probably need your whole body, both arms to be able to do that. So place the baby down first.
1: Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to scar care, again, a lot of people are surprised. I've had a number of health professionals as clients, and they, they were surprised with the lack of information given. And so often I'll be the first one to talk about scar care. I mention it in pregnancy in case they have a cesarean birth, so they know we will go through it. So they'll have the support. Um, but often around three to four weeks, we'll start something called desensitizing the abdomen and the area around the scar. And that's using different textures you have at home. So like tissue, a Q-tip, um, a face cloth, different um, soft textures that you're just gently superficially rubbing across your abdomen in that, because it's very common to have either sensations of a bruising sensation, even though the physical tissue may not look bruised, it might feel bruised, it might feel numb, it might feel tingly, it might feel achy. Or different types of pain so we essentially want to help to desensitize the nerves in that area so that's what we start with and then around six weeks when that initial healing around the superficial side of the scar is done and there's no staples no sutures or that that are kind of out we're then looking at massaging the scar at that point so as physios we go through that with clients all the time I know Jess you go through that with your clients in online programs it's just something that I mean. I see people years later, and they're like, "No one told me to ever massage my scar," and it can be helpful to do it earlier because then we can get on top of some of those sensations, but also working on any um, tension around the scar, which can sometimes affect other areas and how you feel in your core, your back, but in general around your body.
0: Yeah, it's just super important what you said that we can start early. Or it can be a later start to, if this is when you're hearing this information mm-hmm. with the decent citation work, but that can be on the abdomen, high up on the belly, above the mm-hmm. belly button. It doesn't have to be going direct to the scar. It shouldn't be going direct mm-hmm. to the scar if you are beyond or before that six week mark. But mm-hmm. even if you are much beyond the six week and it still feels kind of, Funny or strange, or you're anxious, or there's just a lot of feelings and emotion that come up with touching the scar. Just know that you can start above, below, around, mm-hmm. and then, if it feels right for you, to move to the scar eventually,
1: yeah, exactly. I know it's one of those things where you've seen so many clients like months or years, and they're still they're still not comfortable with that area. And if this is how you're feeling, you're listening to this, like you are not alone. it's very, very common. Or to feel, some people describe it like when they touch their scar, they're like, it just feels icky or it like doesn't feel like it's a part of me. Um, it makes me squeamish. So it's one of those things to gradually over time and again, seek health fr- help from a professional if that's accessible to you to kind of work through work through that and then you'll feel more in your body when it comes to to that area. And then next, we want to go to returning to exercise post cesarean, because that's a common question we both get. And there's different steps to this. So we'll kind of in general go through it, but everyone's going to go through this at a different pace, um, depending how they're feeling postpartum, how their birth went, the support they have. So to not feel you need to rush or do this in a certain time frame. Um, Initially, we talked about like rest is is going to be key. But then also You can do movement before six weeks. There is a lot of talk of like do nothing for six weeks and then suddenly go back to everything, whether vaginal or cesarean birth, this still applies. So, initially, in terms of um, exercise or movement, I do a lot of breath work. And I know you do that as well, Jess, because if you think baby comes out, you know, your uterus, your ab- like everything is figuring itself out and now has a bit more space, but also post cesarean, often people will feel their abdomen feels really tight in a way. Like it will feel mushy, but tight at the same time. And so breath work into the ribs, into the back can be really helpful to help release into that. And then things that you can do on the bed, like bridges like leg lifts. These are not intense exercises. They are more about getting you moving and getting you to incorporate your breath and more about mobility versus like, you're not doing heavy strength training early on with that. So that's kind of like those initial weeks I find is like mobility that you can do in bed, but you can also then eventually do cat cow and sitting, which post cesarean can often feel quite tight, um, around the scar. So I reassure clients Go within your comfort levels, but to know you'll likely feel a bit of pulling or some tension in the abdomen and around the scar because things are tight. And so we're going to gradually ease into that. So those are some of the initial ones and as well, reconnecting to your pelvic floor, reconnecting to your deep core. Those are kind of initially what we're starting with, but then moving to things like body weight squats and lunges. But as Jess said, we're often told you know, especially post cesarean, like lift your baby, but try to minimize that and all these things. And it's like, it's going to happen. Like you're going to have to. So bringing in weight or doing squats and lunges with the baby will be something that you will be incorporating in um, because day to day you have to do that anyways. So let's train your body to do that. But again, in a progressive way within your comfort levels, but building in that strength training is key too.
0: Yeah, perfect. And I think that just a note on that early weeks, early breathwork coordination, the floor work, the bridges, all that stuff is going to be so helpful for feeling less achy in your body. And I think that, especially post-C-section, after this surgery, you can often feel nervous to move or we feel like stiff and achy and almost like we shouldn't be moving yet because we have had this six-week guideline in our minds, but that gentle movement will actually be productive and beneficial to your healing in the short and the Mm long-term.
1: And to know to pass those six weeks, there is more healing happening, there is more retraining happening. So to not feel by six weeks that you should feel that everything feels 100%. That's not the case for a lot of people. And so it's one of those things of building back in kind of the exercises we talked about is actually something that can be quite helpful physically, but also for your mental and emotional health too. So stay tuned, we will do an upcoming episode around more of the mental and emotional side of the cesarean healing but as always we would love to hear from you so send us a dm over on instagram to birth and beyond podcast also if you've been listening to the podcast and have enjoyed the episodes we'd love for you to leave a review wherever you listen to the podcast Justin and i always read those and always love hearing um, what you think of the podcast and what you'd like to learn more about